0: hey 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 and welcome back to 365 days with you guessed it MXM tune I'm Maya a singer songwriter videomaker Oakland native and a proud Chinese American I'm also a huge history nerd I love untold stories gross facts hidden secrets anything weird dark and funky from the past so each day I'm gonna share some of my favorite deep cuts with you so let's take a look at today's stories it's 365 with mxm Tune. new facts every day so don't too soon i'm gonna teach you stuff know it won't be tough gonna go a year till you've had enough it's 365 that makes sense too. today is the chinese new year let's talk about the history of the holiday and how it became the festival we celebrate today Chinese New Year is also known as the Lunar New Year or the Spring Festival. There are a lot of traditional festivals in China, like the Lantern Festival, the Dragon Boat Festival, and Double Seventh Day, but this is the most important one. The origins of the Chinese New Year go back at least 3,500 years, though the exact date the celebrations began has been lost due to the sands of time. Parts of the holiday date back to both the Shang Dynasty and the Zhao Dynasty. It was during the Zhao Dynasty that it became a custom to offer sacrifices to ancestors and to spend the beginning of the new year celebrating nature to ensure a good crop season. The Han dynasty was responsible for the tradition of breaking bamboo to make crackling noises for the new year. The entire lunar new year actually changed with the dynasties, not just the celebrations surrounding the Chinese new year. The calendar even varied between regions of China. Beyond that, the Chinese calendar was also based on complicated calculations involving the solar solstice and the equinox, and it changed often. The calendar also changed based on the yin and the yang, the theory of dueling forces that rule life and how opposites can attract in the natural world to dictate both human behavior and nature. Usually the new year begins with a new moon, in late January or February, and lasts until the next full moon, about two weeks later. The next dynasties after the Han dynasty, the Wei, and Jin dynasties added grouped entertainment to the holiday in addition to worshipping gods and ancestors. Families began gathering to clean, eat, and stay up late to celebrate. The economy went through a boom during the next three dynasties after that, the Tang, Song, and Qing dynasty, and they accordingly made a larger festivity out of the new year, making it a community event and adding local events. Volunteers would do dragon and lion dances in the streets, the festival began to shift from having a religious focus to a social and entertainment focus. The holiday is surrounded by fascinating old myths and legends. One of my favorites, though, is the story about the mythical beast of Nian. The beast was said to eat crops, livestock, and even people on the new year. To make sure that their families didn't get eaten, people put food at the door for Nian. Neon is said to be afraid of loud noises and the color red, so people put red lanterns on their windows to keep him away, and firecrackers were lit to scare him off as well. In 1912, the Chinese government decided to stop using the lunar calendar and adopt the Gregorian calendar instead, which I talked about in my September 14th episode. Thus, January 1st became the official start of the new year every year as it was in the Western world. In 1949, Mao Zedong banned celebrating the Chinese New Year altogether, in an effort to westernize the country and encourage people to forego their histories in favor of the West. But by the 2000s, the Chinese government lessened these restrictions and allowed the New Year to be celebrated again under the moniker the Spring Festival. Today, it is a national public holiday. In 1996, the government made the week of the New Year a nationwide vacation off school and work. As time goes by, old traditions fall away and new ones take their place. The China Central Television Station hosts a spring festival gala on TV. People buy decorations and favors online, and some even travel to see family overseas for the holiday. One of the most important parts of the holiday is feasting. Each family creates their own tradition for meals, but usually the last course is an elaborate fish dish. The fish was a symbol of abundance. But here's the catch. You can only eat the middle of the fish on New Year's, and then you save the head and the tail for the next day. My family, personally, always makes the steamed fish on New Year's. It's so good, and I look forward to it every single year. Then, in the first five days of the New Year, you eat long noodles to symbolize a long life. On the final day of the New Year, when the full moon arrives, families eat round dumplings shaped like the full moon. They're a sign of family and the reach for perfection. I've sadly not been able to celebrate Lunar New Year with my family for the last, oh man years at this point i really miss being able to see my family because i think one of the biggest parts of the lunar new year is being surrounded by your loved ones and celebrating with them but i love chinese new year it's my favorite holiday that there ever is partially because of the food and mostly because of the company this year my family sent me decorations for my brother and i to decorate our apartment with So, we have red lanterns scattered around our apartment, and I'm giving red envelopes to the building people (laughs) at my apartment complex. It's difficult cooking for two people on Lunar New Year because you want to make as much food as you possibly can. So, this year I'm making fish, dumplings, and doing noodles. I'm going to go to Chinatown and try to figure out if I can find mooncake somewhere, but you make the best of what you can do given your circumstances and trying to maintain tradition and celebrate your culture. The Chinese New Year also rules the Chinese zodiac, which is a cycle of 12 animals that rule each year via their representations in the cosmos. Each new year welcomes the year of a new zodiac animal. 2021 is going to be the year of the ox. My birth year is the dragon. The other animals are the rat, the tiger, the rabbit, the snake, the horse, the sheep, the monkey, the rooster, the dog, and the pig. San Francisco has a Chinese New Year parade every single year they claim is the biggest outside of China. They've hosted a Chinese New Year celebration since the 1860s. Have you ever celebrated the Chinese New Year? For today's music fact, I'm going to actually talk about how the lunar calendar influenced me in deciding when to release my EPs, dawn and dusk. I based my release dates around the moon to symbolize how the songs were influenced by time and the natural world. When deciding when I was going to release singles and actually release the entire EPs as a whole, I would look at the lunar calendar and see where the full moons were and what sort of place the moon would be at any given time to determine when to release a song. And I felt like this is really important in two EPs about the sun and the moon, dawn and dusk, in determining and also connecting back to my culture, being Chinese. I'm really proud of being Asian American. It was something that I think took me a very long time to feel comfortable claiming as a part of my identity, especially being mixed race. And it makes me really happy to find ways, even if they're subtle, to include pieces and aspects of my culture in the work that I do for a living. So now you know the release schedule for Dawn and Dusk was determined around the lunar cycle. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a lunar new year in my life. So there's this one lunar new year that I specifically remember in my life from 2008, uh, where my family and my extended family I have a lot of family members, like not all of them are blood related, but I still see them and we have family dinners constantly. And I'd say it's about 50 people (laughs) that I see if I'm back home in California with my parents. Um, And we basically had a family friend who worked at a tofu factory. And for that Lunar New Year in 2008, we were able to go to the tofu factory when it was off hours for the whole entire place and take over their kitchen so we could cook for everybody. And I have such fond memories of that experience and being able to feed my little cousins who were so small in my memory. And I was only eight, so I was really tiny too. But I just think that there's something so beautiful about the holidays, bringing your people together. I guess the way I feel about Lunar New Year is probably the way people feel about Christmas. Um, but I just love Chinese New Year. I think that cooking is one of the most wonderful things you can do and making food for other people and... um I look forward to getting to do that with my family again, hopefully soon. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow. And if you don't mind, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow at 365 Tune on your preferred social media platforms. It's 365 with Tune